And now, a Blaze Media podcast. It is a beautiful day, I guess. Happy Fat Pile Friday, 9-11-2020. Do you realize that it's been exactly six months, six months, since the World Health Organization declared the coronavirus outbreak a pandemic. Wow. It's been six months. It seems like only yesterday, doesn't it? No, I didn't think so. (laughs) Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Plus, 19 years, 19th anniversary of September 11th, the terrorist attack in New York, in Washington, D.C., and in Pennsylvania with the crashed plane that we took over and crashed in uh, Shanksville. Just incredible. I watched some videos. Uh, We were watching a recap video during Pat Unleashed this morning, and uh, it For those of you listening live on the 11th of September, 2020. And it brought back all these memories, the 9-11 memories. Um, We have people, it's a shocking thing to think about, but we have people this year that are going to be voting in the election and are voting in other elections that only remember 9-11 as history, right? Not living through it. And, I mean, that's been actually been going on. So, I mean, it's been 19 years. I get that. But it's just when watching those, watching the, the videos of the day, of the actual day, September 11th, 2001, wow, all these memories came back on what, you know, you look at the timeline now and you go, this happened, this happened, this happened. But to look back on it and say, this happened, this happened, this happened, it doesn't really do the feelings that we all had justice. And, you know, I guess that's true with any <laughs> any horrific thing in history. And since, you know, this was one that, uh, you know, I lived through, uh, you know, it's there and I remember it. But it was just uh, horrible to watch and remember every, every year it happens, you know, and you just remember how you felt and what was going on and what was happening in your life and, you know, what you were doing. And, I mean, we were in Tampa and we were doing the, you know, the Glenn Beck program and, you know, it was afternoons and nights and it was, you know, and then we were up in the morning and I remember Amber saying, you need to come in here and see this. And then, you know, as you're sitting there and the second one, uh, the second plane hits the tower, you, your day is, I mean, the phone is ringing and, you know, you're ready to go into the station and we're doing live coverage and, and it's, we don't know what's going to happen. And we're in Tampa. So we're at, uh, you know, that's, uh, McDill air force base and the military command is there. So, I mean, we're, we're thinking, you know, we're a possible area of attack. President Bush was in our neck of the woods. He was in Sarasota, Florida, which is, you know, greater Tampa Bay. Uh, just incredible, incredible morning and a incredible, incredible day. And to look back on it just really is, uh, well, I don't want to look back on it. I don't want to think about it. But you have to. Never forget, right? You have to. And then I went to the memorial 
And I took my oldest son, Elvis. In fact, I just posted a picture on Facebook of when we were there. And it's just, you know, an amazing scene. And this was before uh, the, the towers were being built. They weren't done uh, the last time I was there. And it's just uh, just amazing. And it's, uh, you know, you remember and you, you say prayers for everyone that lost their lives. And you see all the people walking in the streets covered in that soot and how sick they got. And many of them passed away after. So they were, you know, remnants of the 9-11 attack, but they weren't really part of the 9-11 attack. It was just incredible. And how much we loved the police and the firemen at that time. And how much I looked at, there was a couple of shots where they show people on the street in New York and before they were covered in soot and you, you know, you can't tell what skin color they are, but before that, everyone is on the street, shoulder to shoulder, looking up at the towers when they were burning and after they fell and what's going on and everyone, nobody cared. It wasn't about black, white, red, yellow, green. It was about being human and Americans. And we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know what was going to happen. It was just, all right, I'll stop. I'll stop. I know. (laughs) I know. I get it. And that's not why you're here. And I understand that. So welcome to Chewing the Fat. It's Fat Pile Friday. We've got a, I mean, there is a, a pile of fat today. You can quote me on that. It's Fat Pile Friday. And we've got a pile of fat to get to. So let's get to it. Kate Winslet says uh, Hollywood's uh, regard for Woody Allen and Roman Polanski was effing disgraceful. She's worked with both Woody Allen and Roman Polanski. Looking back, she has questions. Why the film industry, herself included, ever even supported the men? Right? Well, Kate, welcome to the party. Where you been? Okay, where you been? It's unbelievable to me, she says. How those men were held in such high regard, so widely in the film industry, and for as long as they were, it's effing disgraceful. Well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. She starred in uh, Alan's Wonder Wheel and Polanski's Carnage. I have to take responsibility for the fact that I worked with them both. I can't turn back the clock. I'm grappling with those regrets, but what do we have if we aren't able to just effing truthful about it all? Right? I know, Kate, I know. Now, she also goes on to say that when you're younger, you do this nonsense thing of just thinking that's what men say. And they do it sometimes like they're breathing. I don't know a single girl who hasn't experienced some level of harassment on that level. Even if they're just words, they're so powerful. It's like bullying what is she referring to? Well, she's uh, was well. She had a repressed memory from shooting the 1994 Heavenly Creatures film. Now she emphasized that the experience uh, acting in the film was one she loved, and an objectifying comment made on set by a camera boy during a topless scene stuck with her. So Kate Winslet is topless making a movie (laughs) we're not supposed to notice that i guess you can notice it you just can't say anything and so one of the one of the camera boys uh during that topless scene said well i guess it's hard 
and he used his own word hard mail part day boys and uh apparently that's bullying so she was topless now this was a repressed memory i hope you're gonna be okay kate i want you to be okay with it i mean i know you're working through it and i know you feel bullied and i know that it was a repressed memory and you probably tore you up to bring that memory back to the surface but how could how could you go on with your acting career and your star career knowing that when you were topless making a movie that someone on set a male a camera boy said well i guess it's hard man part day boys <laughs> okay kate okay you know what on behalf of all camera boys working with you during a topless scene i apologize i apologize and we'll try not to objectify women anymore okay Another story has been sitting on the fat pile this week that uh, you know I'm going to try to get to everything in the fat pile today, even if it's just a headline. I promise I will try. The uh, seventh grader, uh, a young African-American black kid, uh, was uh, at school uh, online at home during his virtual art class. And the, uh, the mom said... Uh, she got a call from the vice principal saying that a police officer was on the way to her house. Now, she's at work. Now, this is all because her son had played with a toy gun during his virtual art class. <laughs> now, according to this, this is a Washington Post story. She says she was terrified, especially considering her son is black. Well, okay. That's, we can talk about that another time. But what I really want to talk about is how you're in your own home. And now that you're doing virtual classes, the school feels like they're in your home and can dictate what's going on in your home. And that's what's happening. So be careful. We can go down the sex paper, the road. We can go down the, the any kind of road about schools and what they're teaching your kids. But really, they're in your home. We're allowing them in your home virtually. And now they call the police to come to your home because the kid is playing with a toy gun at home. Now, the gun was obviously a toy. It was black and green with zombie hunter on the side. Even if it wasn't obviously a toy. All right. Let's say you looked at it and you weren't sure if it was a toy or not. Wouldn't you say, hey, um, Elliot. I mean, uh, Isaiah is his son. Elliot's the last name. Wouldn't you say, Isaiah, what's that you have in your hand? And put it away, please. There's no time for that now. But no, we don't have that. We just worry about, hey, you've got a gun. And we're going to, we're going to call the police and send them to your home. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, the boy who has uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder was distracted and playing with a gun, which she believed was fake. 
assuring the teacher that it was a toy gun and that she would talk to her son about keeping it away during class. This was the email she received, she received from the teacher. Now he's in special classes already, but the vice principal had already called the school resource officer to review a recording of the class. Oh, so now they're recording what's going on. Now, according to the school, uh, they say that we don't normally record things, but it was our first week. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, there's a recording function. And well, we were still becoming familiar with the platform. <laughs> oh, we don't normally do that. <laughs> but, you know, you know how it is. You know, first week back, teachers don't know what they're doing. You can't figure out, oh, that red button means it's recording. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. Just, uh, we're going to record anyway. We're going to be able to go back and take a look at what's going on in your home and what that room looks like. And we want, uh, we want the police there. And if they decide to arrest you or anybody else, that's fine with us. Now, they didn't arrest anyone. And he was suspended from the school for that. The father said he went back and looked at the footage and it looks as though he's moving the gun from side to side, from one side of the sofa to the other side of the sofa, not waving it in front of the camera like they claim. Also, the mom is all wound up because he's a young black boy, right? Let's, we'll get back to that. Uh, so she was concerned that we've all seen what could happen to young black children in America. Well, really what happened to your son with the police is what happens most of the time. Unlike what you're claiming, but I'll give you that just because I don't know, maybe I shouldn't give it to you, but I will that you're concerned about, you know, your child's safety. Maybe you should have been home with them. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a silly, silly, silly thing. <laughs> oh, that's just me. I know you got to work and raise your, your kids. I, I know that, but According to the mom, they argue that calling the police actually put Isaiah's life at risk. Well, did it? Because no, it didn't. Uh, of course, the kid was scared. Uh, but according to the mom, he was traumatized. Okay. I mean, he's scared. Yes. Upset. Yes. Traumatized. Mm, I doubt it. But I'll give you that again. See, I'm being nice. I'm being nice. I'm giving it to you. Just know my whole, uh, this whole thing is agonizing from front to back. The most agonizing thing to me, because the police came, uh, didn't arrest him, uh, didn't kill him, mom and dad. Uh, the uh, interaction was that of the police called, thought there might be a problem. We're here to see if there is a problem. Nope, there isn't one. Take care. Okay. Seems to be fine. That's what you want the police for the school. Oh, we, we, yeah, we were recording and everything, but we just, it was a screw up as the first week. We didn't know how things worked. We're sorry, but Hey, that's the way it goes. And here's the recording and we're inside your home and we are going to dictate what your children can have and what they can't have when they're in class. Um, how about no.
how about no uh the hair salon that uh, nancy pelosi went to to get her hair done uh during the uh during the lockdown in california and in san francisco uh and you know was caught on i'm sorry set up by being recorded you know breaking the rules it's not a law she was breaking a mandate from those on high let's be clear about that i keep hearing everyone say oh she's breaking the law there's new laws set up and never no it wasn't it was these mandates they're not laws but anyway uh she is closing her doors she can no longer stay open she claims that she's done with san francisco she's closing her doors now she says you know unfortunately um she's received so much negative attention from the controversy that she's been forced to close her business now she's received so many phone calls text messages emails uh all her yelp reviews saying that they hope i go under and that i fail so it's just a lot of negativity towards my business that's uh she's devastated and she's gonna have to close her doors i know I know I'm with you and you know, the whole thing is, is just a nightmare. However, uh, it's so much of a nightmare and she's been it's so much negative attention. She was only able to raise, you know, 300,000, 300,000 on the GoFundMe. So, you know, there's that. He's able to pay off the debts, uh, forced to re- use it for relocation uh you know what i I think i'm uh nancy if you want to come and visit me i'll set you up too and then we can start a gofundme so that i can get you know three hundred thousand dollars and then oh so much negative attention oh i just i can't i can't remain open anymore i know i know boy do i want to (laughs) man do i want to stay here but i can't I can't. It's just horrible. So I'm just going to take my $300,000 and go over here. And I'm not going to tell anybody where I'm going because of the negative attention. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. I think that's a pretty good deal. Yes, I'm willing to shut my business down and take an extra 300000 and leave. I'm willing to do I'm going to go out on a limb and let you know I'm willing to do that. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately here on Chewing the Fat. Oh, my gosh. And then we'll get to the headlines. We got a ton of headlines. I'm sorry. A ton of stories in the fat pile to get to. Uh, First, let me remind you to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Uh, That'd be nice. If you're listening to this broadcast right now and you're not a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, what are you doing with your life? I know. Don't answer that. Just think to yourself, my gosh, what am I doing with my life? I know. That's what you need to do. And then realize that you can make your life better by subscribing to Chewing the Fat. (laughs) Uh, You're welcome. So right now, go to whatever platform you like, say iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and subscribe to Chewing the Fat with yours truly. Well, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I'm yours truly. And then you're good. They're good. You don't have to worry about, you know, giving it five stars, giving it 18 stars, giving it 20 stars, best podcast ever. You don't have to worry about doing that. Just subscribe to the podcast. That's all you need to do. 
You could do all that other stuff, you know, another day. And then, you know, just subscribe to the podcast. Okay? <laughs> okay. You get yourself square with yourself by subscribing to Chewing the Fat. All right? All right. Let's get to the headlines. So, uh, $500,000. $500,000. Okay, I'm sorry. And I, I don't want to. I know. I know. I know. I know. I, I don't want to. This show will not lie to you F- knowingly. $491,280. So it wasn't $500,000. The headline says nearly $500,000. I guess that's true. $491,280 in unreported U.S. currency was found stuffed inside furniture that was trying to be smuggled outside of the country. So the U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers at Miami International Airport said that uh, the money was concealed inside a chair in a crate with other furniture. The shipment was heading, headed to the Dominican Republic, was selected for examination during outbound enforcement operations. I mean, was it luck of the draw? I, I don't know. How do they, or was it, you know, did they have a, they have a, a tip, all right? Criminal organizations attempt to export large sums of cash to launder their ill-gotten gains. I know. I know the agency's acting port director said, oh, this might get him the, the job, right? Now, they didn't say who the money belonged to or whether criminal charges would be filed, so maybe they don't know. <laughs> maybe it was just the luck of the draw. Just a random, hey, let's... Go ahead and check that check that chair right there. It looks overstuffed. Oh, it's overstuffed with four hundred ninety-one thousand dollars. Yeah, that's funny. So travelers bringing more than ten thousand dollars out of the U.S. must report it to customs officials. And I would say that uh, uh, if you had, uh, it's been reported. We could go back and find out, but I, it seems to me that there's been people traveling with less than ten thousand dollars in cash and had the uh, had it forfeited so uh, i would say be careful with that and, and i know that it's crazy it is to me that you can't travel with money now i get stuffing hundreds of thousand dollars in furniture smuggling it out of the country so you're not reporting it and there's no taxes it's drug money it's going to the drug lords i get it but if i'm traveling with nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars does that make it okay if I say, hey, there's uh, $9,999 in that bag. Now, I'm telling you that. I don't have to tell you that because it's not $10,000. But I'm telling you that. They're going to let me fly? I don't know. If I don't tell them because it's not $10,000 and they go, hey, that looks like $10,000. And I say, uh, no, that's $9,990. You know you're going to be held up and they're going to count it. And they may take it after that. It's just. (sighs) I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Contraband drone was snagged in a prison net. You know, we've talked before about how drones are uh, dropping things into prisons. So a drone carrying marijuana, cigarette lighters, and cell phones got caught in a net above a Mississippi prison. And they arrested two guys. (laughs) <laughs> take that i mean the two guys are out there with trying to run the drone oh no, no it's got caught in the net it's caught in the net okay all right so i guess the uh they were caught 
on camera security video of them launching the drone (laughs) i mean maybe if you're gonna drop stuff off at the prison from a drone i don't know you know where the cameras are just a thought you know maybe you do right so they carried two ounces of pot i'm sorry marijuana buds a cell phone phone chargers headphones and several cigarette lighters i wonder if there was just a fluid cigarette lighter fluid in those lighters or if it was something else they probably would have thought of that at least you hope they would so they were just trying to help their friends that's all they were just trying to help their friends i know i know so now the prison has said well uh we're gonna confiscate that drone and uh, we're gonna use it here at the prison so it's going to be working for the law and that's the way it uh that's what we're going to do now and this is only the third drone intercepted at a state prison and it says here the third i mean i would say the only the third it would seem to me that uh that means that there's a lot of drones not getting caught in the net Uh, that's just me that is just me thinking about that so remember the documentary Jurassic Park when Jeff Goldblum who was a scientist I know he wasn't a scientist really he was a doctor right Dr. Uh, what was his stupid name Dr. Malcolm Malcolm yeah Dr. <laughs> Malcolm <laughs> remember now in that documentary uh, he pointed out in a scene about uh, sterile eggs and all the dinosaurs being female, right? How do you know they're all female? Does somebody go out in the park and pull up the dinosaur skirts? We control their chromosomes. It's really not that difficult. All vertebrate embryos are inherently female anyway. They just require an extra hormone given at the right developmental stage to make them male. But we simply deny them that. Deny them that? John, the kind of control you're attempting is... Uh, it's not possible. Listen, if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but... Uh, oh, there it is. There it is. You're implying that a group composed entirely of female animals will breed? No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. Think about it. And that was from the documentary Jurassic Park. Well, experts at the St. Louis Zoo are trying to figure out how a 62-year-old ball python laid seven eggs despite not being near a male python for at least two decades. The manager of the herpetology at the zoo said it's unusual. Uh, But not rare for ball pythons to reproduce asexually. You know, the snakes sometimes store sperm for delayed fertilization. The birth is also unusual, though, because the ball pythons usually stop laying eggs long before they reach their 60s. I mean, that's another issue in itself, right? Snakes are living over 60 years. Uh, No, thank you. Uh, No, thank you. I'm not a big fan of snakes living about over 60 years. No, no, thank you. 
So she's definitely the oldest snake that they know of in, in history, you know, that they know of to lay eggs. So she's definitely the oldest snake ever documented in a zoo. Now the python, which is, they don't even have a name for the python. It's just the old lady, the old lady python. Three of the eggs remain in an incubator. Two were used for genetic sampling and snakes in the other two eggs did not survive. Couldn't we just use those for some genetic sampling and try to breed the others as well? Okay, I guess, whatever. Uh, so we might find out if they actually survive in about a month. The genetic sampling is going to show whether the eggs were reproduced sexually or asexually, which is called a faculative parthenogenesis okay <laughs> it's called what again facultative parthenogenesis oh what was that again facultative parthenogenesis all right then that's what it's called so we'll check back i'll remember to check back and find out what exactly happened to the eggs from the St. Louis Zoo, but always remember life finds a way. Good news, too, coming from uh, from Chuck Norris. He's pissed. And you don't want none of Chuck Norris being pissed. So apparently the, uh, the advertisement saying that Chuck has found a new way to help him with his male part being, uh, you know, like a building, erect. Um, he, uh, can you imagine according, according to, to this story, can you imagine the kind of deranged individuals that would expect the general public to believe that Chuck Norris would would have issues? Can you imagine that Chuck Norris would have issues? But that's what the mental leap, the sociopaths over at Biomolecule Solutions or Molecular Solutions, Biomolecular Solutions and Biogenetics are asking you to make. The lawsuit is uh, is waged against them. He's the one, he's one of them that can do it. Good for them. So he and the wife are pissed. Uh, they deny aligning themselves with such a foreign concept never mind company and seeking compensation they should seek compensation and they should uh you know put an end to these dirt bags but they're not going to because they keep moving around so good luck and uh god bless as long as we're talking about animals there's a, a lady living in Austin, Texas, who is, according to the story, making about ten grand a month on her OnlyFans account. That uh, where she pretends to uh, be a dog. I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, makes me kind of think like, uh, okay. So she claims, look, I've always acted like a puppy. Uh, not in a sexual way, but I used to pretend uh, when I was growing up. Looking back at it now, it's uh, it's kind of always been there. 
you know, I just didn't know there was a scene. And I just thought it was my personality. So Jenna Phillips, according to her, uh, got a, started an OnlyFans uh, an account and, uh, you know, for extra cash. But for about a year and a half, she posted vanilla content and just, you know, little stuff. It wasn't doing well. She wasn't making any money. And then, and then, that's when the big bucks kicked in because uh, she decided that uh, she met two men who opened her eyes to the fact that her fetish was an entire subculture and she began posting far kinkier videos to great success okay she has 215,100 tiktok followers <laughs> which uh is sending money to her only fans ten thousand dollars a month uh she doesn't she gave up the optician job and uh she now does full-time puppy play. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Don't look at me like that. I know. She even knows. She says, I know it's insane. Uh, yeah. But, okay. So, she, they show her, you know, running around the house. And she's got, uh, you know, apparently her partner uh, punishes her and sends her outside. And then she goes outside with a tennis ball and they've got pictures of her running around and I'm sorry, dogging around, puppying around outside and, you know, wearing the dog collar. And really I would be happy with a better looking dog, but she's not bad. Okay, fine. We'll just leave it at that. And then, um, it shows, uh, it shows her eating dog food, nasty. Now, nah, I don't know that this is a dog food that comes from uh, comes from our company that we know, but uh, you know what company I'm talking about. The guy from Texas, Mitch 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 Felderhoff from Munster Milling Company. We talked to him. He ate nothing but dog food for a month. Dog food that his company makes that is perfect and good and good for you. We even tried some on the show. Go back and, and listen to the podcast back in, uh, boy, when the heck was that? That had to have been quite a while ago. Yeah, it was in January, end of January. Right, because he did it for the month of January. That was his New Year's thing. Anyway, uh, Molnar Milling Company for that dog food. But it doesn't look like uh, this particular, uh, our girl Jenna, is eating that dog food. It's possible that she is. It's possible. It just doesn't look like that. Now, she also says, look, the majority of girls do kittens and foxes or rabbits, and the majority of puppies are men, but it's kind of her, my, my niche occupation. Uh, I thought about it for a long time when I first got into pet play, and I feel like a dog. So that's what I decided to be. <laughs> Isn't that special? <laughs> ah, it sure is. Good for you. Ten grand a month. Uh, it's not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal. You got to act like a dog every day. I don't know how, what she's posting. I don't know how many times she's, uh, you know, doing her doggy play or puppy play. But, uh, you know, you're pulling in 10 grand a month for being a puppy for, it doesn't say how long either. I mean, that could get annoying. I mean, I don't know how long she's pulling that off. And this is going to come as a surprise to you. I am not a member of her OnlyFans 
page. So, uh, maybe we can find the TikTok though. Oh no, can't do TikTok. So, and TikTok's going to be gone now. So, oh, she could be hurting. Hope Instagram says it's okay. Ha! <laughs> uh, boy, you don't know that though, do you? And speaking of cats, <laughs> Tennessee authorities are investigating a loose tiger sighting. Multiple uh, sightings of a tiger seen loose wandering around Knoxville. That would not be that would not be fun to see. I mean, we, I gotta tell you, let me take that back. It would be fun to see. Let's say you walk outside your house, and you open the garage door. <laughs> you're ready to go to work and you walk out of the house you open up the garage door and then there's a tiger standing there what would you do uh a i would walk back in the house or you just you know hopefully close that garage door and the tiger just kind of stays frozen there right and doesn't decide to come into the come into the garage that would be an issue <laughs> now here in texas is getting probably getting shot Right, but according to them, they said that uh, you know it, they haven't received any reports that the tigers went missing. They're all accounted for at the Knoxville, the Zoo Knoxville and Tiger Haven, which is a big cat big cat sanctuary. Maybe they should uh, get a hold of uh, our man Joe Exotic if uh, Trump uh, gets him out of prison, gives him a pardon. Let's get uh, let's get Joe Exotic out there, the Tiger King. Get him down to Knoxville. And let's get that Tiger taken care of. Or you could call what's her face from Florida and have her take care of it, Carol Baskin. Just you know, stay upwind. So now I'm thinking about uh, my man Mitch Felderhoff from uh, Munster Milling here in Texas, the All Natural Pet Food Company. I wonder how he's doing, how that company is doing since the lockdown. I'm gonna have to get a hold of Mitch. And see how the heck they're doing. Because remember, he spent 30 days eating nothing but dog food. And his dog food, you know, from his MonsterMilling.com company uh, was, you know, healthy. And it was good for you. And that's what they were saying to make it. I mean, dogs have to eat, right? Even during this lockdown. I wonder if Monster Milling had to close down and it was just the dog food at uh, Walmart that you could buy. That's incredible. That probably is the case. I mean, I'll reach out to to Mitch, but you can go back and listen to the episode, episode 293. Of, it's a Fat Pile Friday edition as well with Mitch. He was a good guy. Uh, I need to talk to him again. And uh, also, along, you know, if you're going to go back and listen to an, the older episode of Fat Pile Friday, episode 293, you might as well subscribe to the YouTube channel too, Chewing the Fat. Don't forget about that. Just go ahead and click the subscription and notification bell for the YouTube channel, and you'll be fine. All right, you'll be fine. And this story's been in the fat pile. I'll leave you with one quick story that happened in China as they apologized to the public for their new restaurant policy, asking diners to weigh in before entering their establishment. Uh, <laughs> that guy, we could see that happening in the United States in today's world. So according to this, uh, customers are asked to stand on the scale prior to entering the restaurant to scan their weight into an app that provides recommended food choices available on the menu based on their weight and caloric values of the dishes. Uh, how about uh, no? <laughs> so I guess there's signs all over that say, uh, you know, be thrifty and diligent, promote empty plates. 
Operation Empty Plate. Operation Empty Plate. Tonight's episode, Operation Empty Plate. That brings me to my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, comic strip from, I think it was Farside, that had the uh, the big heavy set lady on one side of the counter, and they had a guy answering a phone or had the phone up to his ear on one side of the counter with the cash register, and the sign behind him said "All you can eat," and the bubble caption from the guy on the phone was "Battle stations." Would you get that? You're gonna laugh. All right, I want to thank uh, Reuters for uh, stealing my lines. You're welcome. Is all I have to say, Reuters. So last week, I see a story that talks about EU demanding potential veto on Britain's post-Brexit law regulations. And, uh, you know, look, I would say uh, no to that. But I quote tweeted the story with, um, Dear EU, maybe you forgot about the divorce you don't get to make demands anymore. Hashtag Brexit. I mean, I guess you could make them and stick them at the same time. I was just a, you know, a funny little tweet on quote, tweeting a Reuters story. Now I see a story today from Reuters with the headline UK respect for EU divorce treaty, a must for any trade deal. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. So I see that they try to pawn this off as it was a quote from Pascal Donahoe, who is the chairman of Eurozone Finance. But when you read the article, there's no mention of divorce treaty in what he's talking about. This is just them using my line UK respect for EU divorce okay so I just want to be clear no problem Reuters I mean it's on Twitter it's for everyone to use and abuse I get it but I just wanted to thank you for using my line if you need help with anything else let me know just call me no problem or you know email me join the fat at theblaze.com all good alright no problem did you see uh I was watching the football game last night. I'm not going to talk about football. It's fine. Well, maybe a little, but not really. I mean, I enjoyed the heck out of watching uh, football. It's good to have football back, period. And for those of you that listened to more on trivia this morning, if you're listening live to this show, which is, you know, 9-11-2020, we had a draw, really. Uh, we got a quarter of play in. Both teams got all four questions correct. Philadelphia and Washington See, We didn't get any other calls. We went to a couple of different calls. And they weren't there. So just, we called it a draw. Uh, it was really disappointing. And, uh, you know, that's the way it is. If we're not going to get the calls, then we're not going to play the game. Just a, you know, side point. I'm more on trivia. Anyway, so I'm watching the game. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. And they show off the social distancing. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the contact tracing uh little tag that they're all wearing the connections safe zone tag for contact tracing and social distancing now they've been using this since training camp the nba has been using the device at its bubble and i I seem to remember that we talked a little bit about it when the nba uh came on board with their bubble plan but there were other stories 
all around uh, encompassing that NBA story. So we may not have gone into it as much as we should have. So the safe zone tag alerts users when they break social distancing rules and monitors who they are in close contact with. Now the company says that it's anonymous. Uh, We're protecting players' privacies. Oh, okay. Okay. How's that work out? Well, as the NFL players arrive at uh, at camp and they were wearing them, uh, you know, on the fields, each person is given a wearable smart tag that monitors the physical distance of their interactions and for how long they occur. Wow. In the NBA bubble, the sound of beeping indicates social distancing has been compromised and has become part of the new normal. You can bet money that this is going to be for everyone soon. They're throwing it using this professional sports teams as the deciding little test. See how it all goes, but they're going to want you to wear this stupid device. And if it's not, you know, for private use, it'll be for companies. Companies will mandate that you wear the I mean, that might be a good business to invest in right there. The Connexon Safe Zone Tag Contact Tracing and Social Distancing app. I mean, that people, companies are going to mandate that you wear this. I can feel it coming right now. I don't like it, but companies are going to start mandating. It's a little half-ounce tag. Contains a proximity sensor. Be worn as a wristband, as an ID badge. Embedded into equipment for games and practice which is so special when a player or staff member comes within six feet of another person a red light will appear as a warning signal after five seconds an audible alarm will be emitted from the device alerting the wearers that they need to distance themselves and that's special (laughs) and that's special now the nfl using the tags for mandatory contact tracing (laughs) they are uh, going to be uh, recording the devices and they're going to be using the identity in-game close contacts wow i'm telling you everyone in the nfl team environment wears one of these so it's not just the players everyone this is coming to businesses be ready be ready to have to wear your contact tracing social distancing tag I, it is agonizing, but it's coming. All right, so uh, we've got an update for you in uh, the Operation Varsity Blues. Tonight's episode, Operation Varsity Blues. Lori, Lori, Lori! Pay the right tuition, Lori! Okay, so uh, we come to find when she uh, actually has to turn herself in now. I know. She ordered uh, Lori to turn herself in on November 19th, or by November 19th, during the uh, sentencing hearing. So, And hubby... Massimo must uh, also surrender to the United States Bureau of Prisons before 2 p.m. on the same day. 
So off they go. And apparently, according to insiders, Lori is beyond worried about spending Christmas behind bars. She was sentenced to two months in prison on August 21st for the college admission scandal, and she just does not want to be in prison for Christmas. Well, turn yourself in then. Go before the judge and say, hey, let me go in now. Let me serve my time. Let me get it over with. Get out of there. And then if you go in now, right, and then, uh, you know, hubby can spend Christmas in jail. <laughs> and you can be by yourself. Don't worry about it. Just uh, have your attorneys look it up. But she's just a wreck, according to this, that, uh, you know, locked up during Thanksgiving and Christmas. She won't be able to be with her girls. And she's got a new house just decorated. It's time to spend Christmas there. It's just darn sad is what it is. Sad. Sad is what it is. In the, uh, in the continuing saga of Operation Varsity Blues. And we have news that people are a little wound up over, uh, over the sentencing that she got. <laughs> I know. Uh, go figure. She got two months. Two whole months. After, I mean, she apologized. She said she especially wanted to apologize to the students who work hard every day to get into college and to their parents who make tremendous sacrifices supporting their children. But now, now, after she got sentenced for two months, and you know, they told her, hey, don't worry about getting yourself in jail now. <laughs> Come back in November. <laughs> You're fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, they're a little wound up and they're saying that, uh, you know, Hey, how come the rich white chick gets a couple of months and, uh, the unfairness of the judicial system when it comes to sentencing people of color over rich white women, All right? I will say a couple of the, uh, couple of the examples that they give, uh, I tend to agree with, right? Uh, the remember the mother back in 2016 who cast her vote without a you know they said she didn't know that she was ineligible she had five years for that that seems a little stuff a little stiff and then remember I remember this story this this story was agonizing the lady Tanya McDowell a black woman sentenced to five years in prison I don't know how you know if she did the whole time or what but uh several charges including felony larceny and falsifying her address now she falsified her address so she could send her son to what was considered a better school district and i don't remember the whole story so maybe you know the whole story gives you uh you know a worse picture of tanya but those two stories do seem you know a little a little hinky we use that word a little hinky however Lori, Lori, Lori also agreed to pay a $150,000 fine and perform 100 hours of community service. Hubby agreed to pay $250,000 fine and to serve 250 hours of community service. So I realize that, you know, he's spending, what, five months in jail. He's not going to spend five months. And she's spending two months. She's not going to spend the full two months. Maybe she will if she goes in over the holidays. She should just go in now. If she goes in now, though, they'll make her serve the whole time, or at least most of the full time. She's supposed to serve, what, two months? She serves maybe a month and a half, right? 
But if she goes in on November 19th, they're going to feel sorry for her and cut her out, at least for New Year's. Yeah, she missed Thanksgiving and Christmas. Big deal. She'll be back home in the new house by New Year's. She'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's over. But they're paying a lot of money, right? Hubby, hubby and wife get seven months total, two for Lori, five for hubby, paying uh, 400 grand in fines and serving 350 hours in community service. I'm guessing now. I'm just guessing. I could be wrong. But I'm guessing it would have been very difficult for the two other ladies who were sentenced to five years in jail for their crimes to pay $400,000 in fines and serve, you know, 350 hours of community service. Is that still a problem with systemic racism? You know, according to uh, in today's standards, yeah, I, I guess it is. So tonight's episode is systemic racism in Operation Varsity Blues. I might play the whole thing, this whole cannon open. Cannon. No, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear all the guest stars. Guest starring, eighty-five guest stars. Tonight's episode. See no evil. I guess it would be here no evil, right? Is that the episode? Hold on. Think about it. <laughs> I'll see you later. Thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat. Appreciate it. No, really, I do. I do. I said I do, okay? I appreciate you. My gosh, get off my back. <laughs>